0: Morning church, we uh, as has been said, we're in the Advent season and uh, last week, Peter preached on peace, the pathway to peace. And today we're looking at joy. Can we take a moment to appreciate the cruel irony, Of asking an Englishman to speak about joy (laughs) the day after England got knocked out of the World Cup by France. (laughs) So let me see if I can find some comfort in Scripture. We we have two scriptures today, two short scriptures, I'll read those. The first one is in Psalm 137 uh, verses 1 to 6. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept. Yes, I've been weeping for the last day. (laughs) By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There, on the poplars, we hung our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs, our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth. If I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. And then I want to read a few verses from Luke chapter 1. Luke 1, verses 39 to 45. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth's was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Shall we pray? Our Heavenly Father, we Thank you for this opportunity to gather together in your house, and we ask, Lord, as always, that as we consider your word this morning, your Holy Spirit will be present with us, Lord, to open our minds that we might understand your word, that each one of us, Lord, might draw closer to you this morning through your word. In your precious name, amen. So, Psalm 137 is a well-known passage, and I can boldly say that most English people of my age know most of Psalm 137 off by heart and could recite it without cons- consulting the Bible. Now, why is that, you might ask? Well, obviously, English people are more spiritually and theologically aware. LAUGHTER Now, that's not the answer at all. The answer is something called bony M. Now, I mentioned this in the men's Bible study, the Wednesday morning Bible study, about a year ago when this passage came up. And I said, of course, we all know this. We all know these words because of bony M. And I just had blank faces looking at me, nobody knowing what I was talking about. Well, Boney M were a pop group. Well, we called them pop groups back in the day. I don't know what you call them now, a band, I guess. But uh, they were a strange group. They were a German Caribbean mix of, or fusion between Euro disco, reggae, and a bit of jazz funk. And they were, for a while, very, very big. And one of their biggest hits was called Rivers of Babylon. And, I, and really, a lot of their lyrics were lifted directly from, from the Bible. It, it, it said, by the rivers of Babylon, I'm not going to sing, I'd like to sing it, but I'm not going to sing it, because that's just would be terrible. I, 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 Peter doesn't know this, but I really wrestled this week with whether or not I should play a little extract of it, you know, so you could all hear it. But then it occurred to me, I've never seen a preacher physically dragged off the stage before. <laughs> And perhaps I shouldn't be blasting Euro disco, reggae funk through the church's sound system. But, but you can all go to YouTube and look up Rivers of Babylon by Boney M. Boney and then the letter M. Not now, after the service. But it was, it it, it actually said, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. There the wicked carried us away in captivity, required of us a song. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? That came out in 1978, and it went to number one in the UK charts, and it was there for five weeks. And it's a very upbeat catchy song, if you do watch it later on YouTube, you'll want to tap your feet. Back in 1978, when it was number one, I was a dashing young chap around town. And I do confess, I might have thrown down a few shapes to rivers of Babylon in 1978, which I'm not gonna try and repeat today. You'll, you'll all be very pleased to, to know. But really, when I think back, about, think back, it was remarkable that literally, word for word, a piece of scripture became a giant hit in the UK. And it stayed at number one in the charts for five weeks. And so because of that, many, many people in England understand or, or remember, the, remember the words and the text that, that we're looking at today. Now what you might say is, well, what does Psalm 137 have to do with the theme we're talking about today? What does it have to do with joy? Because the verses that we've read are very sad verses. The context in which or about which they were written was the Israelites had once again been sinning, they'd been been acting in ways that angered God and upset God, and so they were going to be punished. And they were going to be punished by the Babylonians conquering Israel and taking them off into captivity. And clearly this was not something they wanted to do. And Psalm 137, either written later by Jeremiah or written by somebody at the time, Psalm 137 captures incredibly poignantly the the misery and the despair it says, by the rivers of Babylon where we sat down. Because they were physically and forcibly removed from Jerusalem and they were taken into Babylon in capti- into captivity. They were taken as prisoners and they had to live in a strange land. And it's poignant because obviously in those days that journey would have been made on foot. So from the, from the psalm it says, by the rivers of Babylon we sat down. They must have reached Babylon and, and the, people, the soldiers who were bringing them into captivity and into exile must have allowed them a short time to sit and perhaps rest up before completing the journey. And so it says, by the rivers of Babylon we sat down. None of them wanted to be in Babylon, but they were now in Babylon. And they sat down, and they sat down, and they wept. They wept because they were in captivity. They wept because they'd been ripped from their country. They wept because they were being taken into a strange land. And then, it says in 137, our captors asked us for songs, songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. So now, the soldiers who were in charge of them, who were taking them into Babylon, have started to mock them. They're saying, sing us a song. Sing us one of your famous praise songs about Zion that we've heard so much about. And then it goes on and it says, They said, Sing one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord in a foreign land? And so there's a terrible despair there. Their lives are not turning out as they would have wanted them to turn out. They're in a place they don't want to be in. The circumstances they are in are horrible. They remember what it used to be like in Jerusalem. It says there, may my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you, if I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. So they've been ripped from what they love. They've been taken somewhere they don't want to go. They're in a situation they don't want to be in, and they're being mocked by their captors. Again, you might say, you're supposed to be talking about joy. But you see, the interesting thing is that sometimes we don't fully appreciate the value of something we have until we've lost it. At this point, we can pivot from Boney M in 1978 to Joni Mitchell in 1970, Canadian singer-songwriter. She had a huge hit with a song called Big Yellow Taxi. I say a huge hit, once again, number one in England, number 67 it got to in the US, but then it was re-released in 74 and went to number 24. Those more up-to-date, I think it's also been covered by The Counting Crows. Big, big hit. And there's a famous line in that song that goes, Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. How good's this? I mean, we have Bible and brews. I'm thinking of starting something called Bible and tunes, where... (laughs) we can walk through the Bible and then, you know, ping songs that we remember from our youth. But that, that song and that line became famous because it speaks to the same truth, that sometimes we don't, we don't appreciate the value of something until it's gone. For 10 years, I, I flew an enormous amount when I was working. I, I flew all over the US and, and I was getting on planes all the time, in departure lounges, planes being delayed, and and I really did not enjoy it. And now I don't have to do it, which is fabulous. But, but, I now realise that when I was flying everywhere, I was doing so much flying that I was was an executive platinum member with American Airlines, which basically means you get treated like you're the Pope when you get on a plane. Priority boarding... And don't have to pay for your bags, free food and free drink. Now, I, don't, I only fly if I go back to England and, you know, Simon who? I get nothing. And, and I do think back sometimes and I think, wow, you know, that was, I had it really good then when I used to fly. And, and that's what's happening here. It, it's, it's the absence of joy that's made them realize how valuable that joy was. They're remembering what it was like in Jerusalem. They're now in despair. They're saying, we can't sing the song. We can't sing the song because we can't bring ourselves to sing the song when we're in a foreign land. And it's amazing because Peter practically, Peter T practically preached my sermon when when he started the worship band. Because it's what he said is what I want to say. They were in a place where there was no joy. But they remembered the joy that they had had. And the place they were in was a dark place. And it made them sad. And it made them cry. And it made them, it made them despair. And it made them not want to sing a song. Now, it might be there's someone here this morning who is in a similar situation who is in a circumstance or a situation or they're facing something which is, which is robbing them of joy. You might be in a place that is a dark place where you are in despair. You feel you have no hope. You feel you have no joy. And if, if there is anybody here this morning who feels like that, then God has brought you in here this morning to hear this. Because these people were in a dark place, a place of despair. And because they were in that place, they kind of stopped wanting to live. They stopped wanting to sing. They were just going to exist. And that sometimes is how we can feel if we get into a difficult time. The last thing sometimes we feel like doing is coming to church and singing happy songs. And strangely, the Christmas season is a time when a lot of people do feel, sometimes, you know, there's the stress of all of the things around Christmas. Sometimes people can feel a lack of joy, an absence of joy. But how do we get then from Psalm 137 to the passage in Luke chapter 2. Well, we get there by taking a very brief, because of that great big clock, um, we take a very brief detour into Jeremiah. Because in Jeremiah, this is what God said to those exiles. In other words, those people that we've just talked about who are sitting by the river of Babylon and are weeping, this was God's message to them. This is Jeremiah 29.4. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses, settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters." They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know... Anybody who's having a tough time today... I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. God was saying, this has to happen. This exile, this captivity has to happen because of the sins that the nation has committed. And Jeremiah was attacked and criticized because he was saying, God is saying to you, go with what's happening. Don't fight against it. Other prophets were saying, we need to fight. We need to fight against Babylon. God is saying, no, go into exile. But when you get into exile, I don't want you to stop living. I want you to live. I want you to plant eat food, plant In your gardens, eat that food, give your sons and daughters in in marriage. In other words, I want your life to continue. I know you're you're in a place right now that you don't want to be in. You've got challenges and problems and things that keep you up at night that you don't want to have to deal with because they're not nice. But, he said, this is going to be for a period. I'm going to bring you out of this. Hebrews 10.35 says... Do not throw away your confidence, because it will be richly rewarded. Why would the writer, if it was Paul, say, do not throw away your confidence? Because people were going to throw away their confidence. Because the circumstances they'd found themselves in made them lose their confidence. And the message to anybody going through a tough time this morning is, do not throw away your confidence. Don't stop living. Don't give up. Don't flatline, if you like. He's saying here, get up, plant, give your daughters and sons. In other words, carry on living your life a day at a time because this season that you're in is going to come to an end and then when it comes to an end, I'm going to bring you out, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you the joy that you, that you, that you now don't have. And we could spend more time. Ezra chapter 6 and verse 16 recounts, The end of that story, it recounts the time when the captives did go into exile and they did prosper in exile. So much so that 70 years later when they came back to Jerusalem, they had the money and the resources to rebuild the temple and rebuild the city. And in Ezra 6.16, they rebuilt the temple and they celebrated with great joy. And that's how we get to Luke chapter 2. And Luke chapter 2, when we read that, Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, in the story, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. Mary comes to visit her. Mary, who has been told she is going to give birth to the Messiah. And we get this incredible scene in Luke chapter 2, the passage that we read, where just as Mary came in, the, the, the infant John the Baptist, in her womb, leapt for joy. Now that's something that Is impossible to explain in any kind of scientific or practical way. How could the the presence of Mary cause the baby, John the Baptist, in his mother's womb to leap for joy? And the answer is because of the transformative joy that comes with Christ. That's the message for all of us today in this Advent season. It's a transformative joy. You know, we read when the shepherds were, were watching their flocks by night, and the angel came and said, "I'm bringing you glad tidings of great joy." And the message of Christmas and the message of Christianity is joy, transformative joy, a joy that transforms human circumstances. The exiles who wept—they—they they, that came to an end, they prospered in exile. God basically said, I have my hand on you while you go through this difficult season. So trust me. Trust me. Hang on. Because there is transformative joy available to you through Christ. We just sometimes have to hang on. They had to go through captivity, they were blessed while they were in exile. The Jews waited a long, long time for the Messiah. But Jesus came. And we need to understand God's timing. That sometimes we have to go through a season where perhaps there's an absence of joy. But in those times, that's when we have to remember that verse from Hebrews, Hebrews 10.35. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. So that's the lesson for us this morning. We should be grateful, we should be so grateful to God for the transformative joy (coughs) that Christ bought for us when he died on the cross and rose again. That whatever our circumstances, whatever our situation, that joy can't be taken away because we're saved. It's a deep down, bone deep joy that whatever happens in this world, God has our back. And to close, if you're having a tough time today, don't throw away your confidence. Keep moving forward. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Give it to God and trust that he will bring you out of the season you're in and you will experience the joy that you might feel as lost. Shall we pray? Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you, Lord, that... The Christmas message, Lord, is about joy. It's about the joy that we experience because we're saved, we can rest in you. But Lord, we also know from this passage and from other passages in the Bible that at times, Lord, we have to go through difficult times. And for anybody experiencing that today, I just pray, Lord, you draw close to them. You give them a tiny sense, Lord, of how much you love and care for them. And give them that confidence that if they continue, Lord, to put one foot in front of the other and to trust you, you will come in, you will bless them, and you will restore the joy that they feel they might have lost. In your precious and worthy name, amen.